Hey, it's Greg Stanley. As a new aspect of my automotive passion and hobby, I am a car specialist consultant for RM Sotheby's. If you need assistance consigning a collector car at Amelia Island, Pebble Beach, Auburn, West Palm, or Hershey, email me directly at gstanley at rmsotheby's.com. This is the Collector Car Podcast, the home for the auto enthusiast. Join Greg Stanley as he applies over 25 years of insights and analytical experience to the collector car market. He will interview the experts and throw in some fun stuff as well. Well, I'm very excited to introduce a special guest today. This is the first time that I'm partnering with RM Sotheby's going forward on a few podcasts, and this one's really special. And I'd like to introduce Ramsey Potts. Ramsey, how are you doing today? Hey, Greg, I'm doing real well. Thank you very much for the opportunity to be a part of your podcast. Really do appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate that. So, yeah, so this one we're going to talk about the RM Sotheby's Drive Into Summer event, which kicked off today. We're recording actually on Monday, but this is released on Thursday. So as you hear this, you can go to RM Sotheby's to check it all out. So, Ramsey, if you would, can you kind of give us an overview of the Driving Into Summer online-only event? Yeah, thanks, Greg. It is certainly an incredible collection of automobiles, as well as, Greg, a number of signs, some neon there. And I know it's a bit of a cliche, but there truly is something for every kind of petrol head in this sale. As you mentioned, bidding opens Thursday at 1 o'clock, and it's going to roll through till the 29th. The first lots will start to close at 11 a.m. Eastern on the 28th. And, Greg, it's, I think it's 100 and over 150 cars with an an estimated value between twenty four and thirty million dollars online only. Yeah, I was just on the website and I think I saw one hundred and sixty nine cars now. So it is a large amount, and there is a lot for everyone. Could you kind of call out a few cars that interest you? I can. I'm guilty of being a bit of a young timer fan. So there's uh, Lancia Delta Integrale, if that's how you pronounce it on there. <laughs> there's uh, a, a BMW M3. There are some really neat vehicles from the 80s and 90s. And, you know, the premise, if you think about the phrase driving in the summer, I think there's probably some cars that are extremely well suited to fit that we've got some fun convertibles and convertibles of all kinds british american italian uh something as a matter of fact there's some golf carts there's uh nato bianchi some Isetta, a jolly there's really some neat stuff that i think is perfect for the petrol head to head into this summer and i i don't know about you and your listeners greg but I am ready and raring to get out and do some happy motoring uh, when all of this unfortunate uh, COVID-19 gets a little bit more under control. I'm really looking forward to hitting the road, and there's some vehicles out there that I would love to do it with, and there's certainly some stuff at the higher end of the spectrum. This is an incredible collection of Ferraris in this sale. If you hop on the website, you'll see some of the stuff. And F50, Greg, a 288 GTO. We've got a a, a new Lamborghini Aventador SVJ, a bit of a rare bird. And then we even have something like a 67 Lamborghini 400 GT, a touring-bodied car. Oh, man, I, uh, I hope that people look at all this stuff. Yeah, a lot of great stuff, and there's also Ferrari Enzo, so if you go to the collector car, either on YouTube or on Facebook, you'll see a little cartoon I made showing me draw the Enzo, the F50, and the 288 GTO, and how it relates to the iconic 
GTO, the original supercar. So, no, that's really great. I like the fact that you mentioned the uh, Fiat 500 Jolly because that is a conversion, which in my mind is really great because the original ones are so astronomically high priced now. <laughs> you can get a conversion for a reasonable price, right? You really can, Greg. And you know when you have that and you're heading down the road at the beach or over to the coffee shop or, frankly, wherever you are, I suspect there'll be just as many hands waving and thumbs up as to whether or not it's a conversion or what you would call the original authentic uh, jolly. There's no way, no matter who built it, you can't see one of those and certainly be in one and not just be grinning from ear to ear. Yeah, and I often think of this sale as, you know, the convertible top down, and there's a lot of examples of those. Because even during COVID, you realize, a lot of folks realize this, is you can still go out cruising in a wonderful car, especially as the summertime comes upon us. So there's a couple convertibles that popped out. I'm a muscle car fan. So there's a really cool 67, actually a couple 67 big block Corvettes, but one of them I love. It's white with red line tires and the red stinger hood scoop and the red interior and then if you don't like white, there's a really cool black one that almost, almost matches it. And then I don't think it was planned this way, but it's really cool. There's a 1965 Hypo Mustang convertible, white on white, with black interior. And then there just happens to be a 50th anniversary 2015 white Mustang 5.0 with black. So you could actually buy a matching pair, 50 years apart, high-performance Mustangs, which I just I don't think they're related because they were consigned from different spots. But it's really cool that they're both up there. I'm looking at those right now, and you're right. That's quite a pair, Greg, isn't it? That's uh, the beginning of the legacy and one of the more current editions of that legacy. That's neat. Yeah, and I also fell in love with one of the young-timer cars you mentioned. There's a, I believe it's a Skyline GTR. Are you familiar with that car? I am, actually. I, uh, I as one of my many responsibilities, I actually uh, inspected that car, and I even had to take it for a test drive. I just Ooh. had to, Greg, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and it really is quite a potent machine. That was my first time behind that generation of the Skyline and right-hand drive. The driving was actually okay. The gear shifting with your left hand is a fantastic experience. But I will tell you my very first comment when I got out of the vehicle to the photographer who was with me at the time is just, wow, what an absolutely potent machine. Those things are truly, truly fast cars. Yeah, that's the Godzilla, right? Yep. That is absolutely, that's a really good example. Uh, beautiful colors inside and out, a great sound to it. Uh, it's a, uh, I think it's going to be something really special for somebody. Those are really cool cars. I have to admit, I really fell in love. I fit, Greg. So if you're a real tall <laughs> petrol head with long legs or a torso, uh, take a look at that. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I know on one of the calls I was a part of, it was mentioned that, you know, like you said, in your role, you have to have the tough job of driving some of these amazing cars and that one of the test drives was in that 288 GTO. Not you personally. No, it was But the comment was that it ran amazing and it was quite the runner, right? And, and if you think about some of the people that were involved in that test drive, one of our specialists, Donnie Gould, uh, who's been in the business his entire life and one of his protégés, Zach Oler, for them to be as just flabbergasted by the experience really says volumes about that car its performance and its on-road characteristics i think the term iconic truly applies in this case right right yeah and, and there's a couple of cool cars i want to call out that are truly unique one of the trends right now is to quote-unquote safari a car usually yeah. porsches <laughs> but we have a ferrari that has been safari right 
We do. That uh, 308 GTB and certainly, excuse me, GT4, the Ferrari Dino, that car is, what an anomaly. And you're right, that certainly is a significant trend today. It's one of the things that I like to point out, Greg, and this is a little bit of a soapbox for me if you'll give me just a moment, and that is the next generation of petrol heads. I know that some folks are concerned, are they out there, are they investing in automobiles, not just with their money, but with their time and their energies. And I think that whole safari scene is a really big example of not only will the future of car collecting be okay, I think it's going to be even stronger. And certainly when you look at what they're doing to, like you mentioned, the Porsches and some of the European cars, there's some safari Volvos, they're even starting to do it to some of the early models of the, you know, when Porsche started building a sport utility and other things, they're really kidding those out. And that Ferrari Dino, what a neat thing. Just the picture we have on the website of it, four-wheel drifting through the dirt, is quite tempting. Yeah, so you can go driving into summer off-road in that car. (laughs) And there's another really cool SUV I wanted to call out. There's a really nice 74, I believe, Bronco that's been kitted out. I mean, those are awesome to begin with, but, you know, who doesn't like those to take off-road, right? Certainly are popular. That one has some great colors in it. It is a 74 Custom. The kids love them, but it's not just the kids, actually. They are very popular vehicles. I believe this to be quite a good example. I hope some folks that Certainly talk about those. I hear a lot of people ask about them. We'll take some time to look at that one. I think it's a pretty special example. Again, online only. It's an incredible lineup, Greg. Fun stuff, cool stuff, uh, old stuff, new stuff. It's really quite special. Yeah, and I just got two more I'll call out here. One of them is, the I think it's a 74 Datsun 240, which is really cool. And this one's been totally restored, orange with white interior, which is a really nice combination that will be interesting to see because a lot of these earlier JDM cars, or this one's American spec, I believe, uh, those have been increasing quite a bit. So I'm curious to see what that one does. And then the cover art for this podcast is a yellow new or semi-new, I think 2017 Ford mm-hmm. GT. Uh, so that would be neat to see that one. As more of those are coming onto market, you don't see the yellow ones that often. So that would be really cool to see how that one fares, right? Yeah, I think that's going to be, there have been a couple of them that have uh changed hands, so to speak, found new caretakers at auctions this year. So we do have some good bellwethers for those. That is a bit of an unusual color, but certainly a strong combination. Uh, it's I, I'm a fan of yellow and certain cars. We have a 575 Marinello that's in yellow that is a manual. I think that particular car just looks amazing in yellow. I, it, it, colors really do make a difference. I talk about that with Jaguars, one of my favorite marks and how right now the blues with the red interior are very popular and if you take a look at some of these cars you mentioned that z car that orange with white it just it does so much for certain lines of certain cars and right after that car in the auction we have a 74 de tomaso pantera and it is orange with a black interior and again it really does a lot for certain lines on certain cars when you have colors like that Beautiful car, and those have been underappreciated forever, and they definitely have found their pace recently, so that's really cool. Well, uh, curveball for you. We didn't talk about this, so we'll see how you fare here, but if you had to pick, I don't know, three cars from this auction to put in your garage. I get three, Greg. That's, that's You get three. That's okay. Yeah, being, you're being generous. You're very generous. Well, uh, we're <laughs> going to start out with 
an Italian car. Uh, there are three countries that I have yet to own a car from, and this is great, Craig. I didn't know I was going to get to pick three. The Lancia Delta <laughs> HF Integrale, the Evo 2, that is a car from, again, my generation, a young timer that I have, quite frankly, lusted after for a while. So that would tick off the Italian box for me. And then I must admit, you mentioned that Nissan Skyline. I have <laughs> never owned, I've owned Japanese cars, but I've never owned a true enthusiast Japanese automobile. And boy, without a doubt, I would, uh, I would be in the running uh, for that Nissan Skyline, that 91. That really was quite a nice car. And then the other country, which I'm really anxious to own from, and that's uh, a French car. We do have a Citroen SM. If you've ever been in one of those, Greg, you know it is truly a, I'll just say, unique experience, or at the very least, a unique ride. So there you go. Something from Italy, something from Japan, and something from uh, Gay Paris. I would own those three. Wow, that's amazing. I just picked the number three out of the air. I didn't realize you had three countries you were targeting, so that worked out really well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you for that, Greg. Yeah, you wouldn't even have to safari the uh, the Citroen, right? I mean, that's already got the suspension you, where you could just raise the car up. You, you, can, you can have some fun with the pneumatic suspension on that car. Uh, it's it's a it's a really <laughs> unique experience. They're they're cool cars. Right. Well, we'll learn more about Ramsey and his passion for cars here in a second. But before we do, could you just tell our listeners how they can learn more, sign up to bid? What's the timing of the event? Great question, Greg. So uh, we're underway. Hop online at www.rmsuthebees.com, and when you go to the home page. You will see it right up there at the top, RM Online Only, Driving Into Summer. So you'll click on View Lots or Auction Info. Just click on that page. And on the lower left-hand side of the page, you will see Register to Bid. I assure you it does take a few steps, but they are straightforward and they are easy. If you do run into any obstacles, which you shouldn't, we have a lot of folks Actually, a lot of folks from all over the world that registered to bid for our Palm Beach sale that was last month where we sold over $14 million, 70% of the cars online only, Greg. So hop online, and then the box will come up on the lower left-hand corner. Once you go and view a lot, Greg, so let's, uh, let's go and view that Citroen SM. On the lower left-hand corner of the web page, when you're looking at the actual lot, there'll be a box, and that box will say current bid. There'll be a green box where you can place the next bid. I always like to let my folks know that I'm working with that it will be very specific about the next bid you can put in. So there'll be a number with an increment, and that is the bid at a minimum that you have to enter. So if the bid is currently 50000 and it says the next bid is 51000 you can't bid 50500 You can bid more than 51000 but the next bid will be 51000 And you can watch. You'll see the number of bids. You'll also get an email confirmation essentially immediately letting you know that your bid has been confirmed and received. All of this opens this uh, uh, Thursday at 11 a.m., so we're live now, 
and you'll have a countdown timer that will show when it closes starting on the 28th at 11 a.m. We're going to have about half of the lots close on that Thursday from about 11 a.m. that morning till about 6 p.m., maybe 6.30 that evening. Lots are going to be closing every few minutes, and we do have an anti-snipe feature, Greg. That is very important. I get asked that question a lot, frankly. Any bids that go in in the last two minutes, 120 seconds, and the bid clock will reset for another two minutes. So pay attention. When you're in there, a lot of folks don't always know about this, but once you're logged in to the website and you're viewing a lot, Greg, let your folks know they can go down to the bottom of the page, whatever lot they're looking at, and there'll be a link that says View Files. Click on that link. All kinds of really important information will be there. If it's a contemporary car, there's going to be a Carfax. One of the things that we're doing that truly makes the RM Stuff the Bees experience unique and unlike any other is that these cars are being vetted and inspected by the RM Sotheby's specialist or someone on our team. They're going to go through a basic inspection report. We're going to look at body. We're going to look at interior, exterior, undercarriage, then give a general overview of the vehicle. You can bid with confidence, but take that information and dig a little deeper. Make an inquiry. You'll get a call or an email from one of us who will go through that vehicle with you, frankly, in detail. And we'll tell you everything we can about the car so you'll truly know what you're bidding on. And, of course, there may be some vehicles during the course of that period of time that if you absolutely have to inspect them, we can probably arrange that for you as well. There's certainly no, no shortage of information, but you do have to put the effort in to go get it. It's a great overview. I appreciate that. And as I look on the website, I, I guess I should call out there's – Quite a few Shelbys. If you have a if you have a Shelby fan in the family or in your circle, let them know. Uh, there's a Super Performance GT40. They have a couple CSX 4000 series, 8000 series Cobras, as well as some 60s Shelbys. I know a GT. I think it was a GT500 for 68, yep. uh, then one for 69 or 70, yep. which ironically was yellow as well. So you don't see that too often. It's actually quite a Shelby collection. I think the majority of those are coming from one. Extremely well-respected Shelby collector. Uh, I know there are a couple others as well. Dig into those cars. Look at them. Inspect them. Make the inquiries because those are vehicles that you really do want to know a lot about before you put that bid in. And we are ready and willing to provide you with that information. That's awesome. That's great. Well, now let's learn about Ramsey Potts, the car specialist. You obviously are passionate about cars. If our listeners haven't picked that up at this point. I don't know when they ever will. <laughs> Sorry, Greg. So, <laughs> how did your passion begin, and what kind of cars do you like? Greg, I don't suspect my story is much unlike a lot of your loyal listeners, and that is that it started with my father, who uh, was a petrol head of, I think, the highest order. And for him, it was British cars, which meant at any one given time, we had a few cars in the driveway or the garage, and most of the time, none of them worked. But nonetheless, it was... <laughs> so wait, so that is a true... Wait, all right, we got to dig into that statement a little bit more. <laughs> did they not work because of maintenance, or was it Lucas Electrical? Is it, why did they not work? Yes, Greg, the answer to all of those. My oh, it's just a straight... Yeah. yeah, my father in his first career was an engineer, but for the majority of his uh, professional life, he was a dentist. So he was a natural-born tinkerer, and British cars certainly lend themselves to that. Uh, it was just a matter of pace, you know. You, you, but, uh, you know sooner 
fix the leak on the MGTF than one sprung on the XK120. And right. it was a case of at any one given time, at least one of them worked, but I don't recall any time where all of them worked. Nonetheless, it was a passion that crosses all borders uh, as far as cars. I, I love cars like you, Greg, like most of your folks. Uh, you know, I suspect as a young boy, I wanted to drive the golf cart too, right? Isn't that one of those signs of a young right. head uh, yep. and the lawnmower and so forth? So that's sort of where it started. And I've had a lot of great friends and mentors along the way that have helped me nurture it. Wow, that's really great. So what kind of cars, what's in your collection? What's in your garage right now? Ha, ah, Greg, I have a friend. I think you've interviewed our friend Marvin Waters in your podcast in oh, yeah. the past. Yep. And I I have three Volvos. And I mentioned to Marvin, he said, well, you're quite the Volvo collector. I said, I am. And then I realized, I have three Volvos, Greg. So apparently... <laughs> Unbeknownst to me, I'm a bit of a Volvo fan. I have a 69 122S Canadian, one of the 122s that they built in uh, Nova Scotia, which is my classic car. It's a lot of fun. And then I Beautiful, too. Yeah, it looks a, really nice. It's a lot of fun. I have a 2012. I think you may want to know what my daily driver is. Well, it's a Volvo, and it's a 2012, Greg, with, and I'm very proud of this. I'm very proud of the car, 372,000 faultless miles on my 2012 C70. That's insane. Yeah, That's crazy. it is a lot of miles. I like to drive, especially in that car. And then a 2008 uh, XC90 that my wife drives uh, uh, for her vehicle. And we have a 2008 Porsche Cayenne, uh, excuse me, a 2004 Volvo and a 2008 Porsche Cayenne. So I think if there's a theme that we have for my car collecting, it's Let's go with inexpensive, Greg. How about that? To both own and uh, to both purchase and maintain. I think my uh, I think my passion for cars is old cars and new cars that, quite frankly, when I get in and turn the key, they work. Uh, and that's what I like about them. I can see why you wanted to expand the number of countries that are represented in your garage. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I do. I'm, most everything I've had is British over the years and a lot of fun German cars. And I really, I've got that, I've got that itch. I've got to scratch it for some of those other cars. And quite frankly, Greg, you're talking about the Shelbys. Some of those have been quite tempting for me. I've never truly owned an American enthusiast car. I've had a lot of great uh, American automobiles, some Ford products, and Oldsmobile, but a true enthusiast car, a Mustang, a Corvette, a uh, Viper, that's something I look forward to having pass through my caretaking at some time. So speaking of which, what car is on your immediate wish list? Do you have one? I am a fan. Here we go, back to the British thing again, and we have some of these in the auction. We have an Aston Martin Vanquish, and we have an Aston Martin Vanquish S. Greg, I, I Come on, Greg. Of uh, uh, twelve cylinders, right? Beautiful, beautiful Callum design car, an automobile that at the time was an unprecedented. I, I really think revolution for Aston Martin with that particular VH chassis platform, and you can get them for between fifty to a hundred thousand dollars. And these are good examples, just from the basic Vanquish. I say basic, the standard Vanquish to the Vanquish S. What a car! Wow. Okay. No, that's very specific. I like that. Now, what car got away? Is there any car that you're pursuing that it just never happened? This question, the older I get, the easier it becomes to answer that. I fell head over heels in love with 
a 1983 DeLorean, number 11539, that, <laughs> uh, that my dear friend Ray Schaefer, another one of your podcast guests, passed to me as the caretaker. And then I passed it on to a wonderful petrol head who has been a very good caretaker of the car since then. And he and I lament quite often how that particular one more than any other. And boy, there are a few, some young timers that I'd love to have back just for the whole driving experience. But that DeLorean was, it was more fun than any automobile should have been. And quite frankly, Greg, contrary to the rumors, if you take care of the car and maintain it, it was bulletproof. And I don't use that term easily. I've never heard DeLorean and a good driver's experience in the same sentence. So if you would, could you tell me what was it about the experience that you enjoyed? Greg, there were two things in particular that made it fun for me. The first one is sort of silly. DeLorean was quite tall. I think he was 6'4", 6'5", and he designed the car around his lanky frame, as my mother would say. And as a result, my long legs fit in that car quite comfortably. I would drive that car for hours and hours across multiple states. In the three years that I owned it, I think I put over 35,000 miles on the car, and a lot of those were long-distance miles. So it was really quite a comfortable, in my opinion, grand touring machine, certainly more than sports car. And secondly, Greg, it didn't matter where you went or who you were around. That car just was fun. Every time you stopped at the petrol station, it was 40 minutes because three people would want to have their picture with it. At every traffic stop, someone would yell out their window and say, hey, McFly, take me back to my prom. (laughs) Uh, It was a car that it really didn't matter what kind of car you liked or someone else liked. It was a car that everyone just thought was fun. Now, did you install an aftermarket flux capacitor? Well, you know, I spent a little time back in 1986 uh, but I, I, uh, I, I don't tell too many people about that experience. No, it was bone stock original. Uh, that's actually not true. There were some uh, contemporary modifications to lower the car and update a few items, headlights, safety issues. Well, I, really, you can tell. I, 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 uh, I'm happy to have had my time with it, and my rule is I'll never own another one. So I've had some really fun cars over the years, and I'm often tempted to get another one because they're certainly available. Uh, We have them in our auctions on a pretty regular basis. Great examples. But no, no, I want to continue to experience other rides. What was it, a Renault in the back there? No, okay, all right, here again, I'm, I'm out to quash those rumors. Okay, Renault quash was it. part of it. It was referred to as a PRV, a Peugeot Renault Volvo. And we'll just talk about that <laughs> Volvo part of it, because that's certainly... I see where this fits in your yeah, collection, I got it. It's emblematic okay. of great uh, power plants when you certainly talk about, well, frankly, all three of those brands. But it was the triumvirate, those three organizations got together and designed that engine, an aluminum engine, and it was, Greg, unbeknownst to many, uh, a six-cylinder engine that was used across all three of those manufacturers for many, many, many years in different platforms for them. But it was uh, quite an underpowered car, but nonetheless certainly more than capable of meeting the needs of heading down the highway with that six-cylinder. Okay. Well, now, what would you buy for $100,000? If I just gave you hundred grand, what would you buy? 
Well, we're going to go back to what we talked about. We're going to spend seventy. Can I can I buy more than one? I get to spend sure. one hundred. Seventy five thousand dollars is going to put a, a pretty darn good Aston Martin Vanquish. I might even get a two thousand five S. And then the other twenty five thousand dollars, I'm going to spend half of that to buy a Lotus Elite Type eighty three. Now that's the Later edition, the odd-looking sort of shooting brake car, uh, a 502 edition with the manual and AC, and I'm going to get that for about half of the remaining 25,000 because it's going to take the other 125 to essentially keep that Lotus on the road. Real quirky car, but it's a shooting brake, and I really like shooting brake style cars like that, like the Ferrari FF. Uh, and that's what's going to be in my garage. Two British cars. Can you believe that? I am a glutton for punishment, Greg Stanley. You're living up to your dad's standards, it sounds he like. He would be proud. He really would. He would be proud. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Well, that's cool. Now, I think every auto enthusiast would say that you have a dream job being a car specialist for RM Sotheby's. What can you tell us about that? What is your typical work week like? Uh, and those petrol heads and enthusiasts would be right. I, I truly define this. This explanation has never changed. It, the job that is harder than I ever imagined and more rewarding than I ever dreamed. Uh, it is an incredible thing. Greg, in all frankness, the cars that I get to deal with are amazing. And, you know, what adjective do you use? Awesome, amazing, incredible, over the top, all of those things. Certainly unique in many situations. But without a doubt, and I mean this quite genuinely, it is the people that for me, define the most rewarding part of this experience. Think about all of the people that you know, Greg, and, and your listeners know, and the people that you talk to. And frankly, everywhere you go at concourse and car shows and cruises and tours and rallies, at the end of the day when we park those amazing, unique machines, it's that fellowship and that camaraderie that we share with petrol heads, right? They come in all shapes, sizes, colors, socio socioeconomic status. It's that uniting passion that we have. And it's not limited to the people that own the cars. Greg, it's the people that I get to work with. I have not changed this, and nor will I. They are some of the most talented, certainly the most knowledgeable and enthusiastic petrol heads anywhere in the world. I say this sometimes, no house like our house, when referring to the R.M. Sotheby's auction house. And I mean that because of the people. They're bright. They're talented. They are hardworking, I think, frankly, about what's happening right now with our online-only platform. Greg, that boils down to our leadership, Mr. Ken On, our CEO, and the team of people around him in the C-suite and at every level, our client service uh, liaisons. We pivoted, but it's that passion combined with that knowledge and that expertise that our clients can rely on that helped us make that transition, not just swiftly, but quite frankly, Greg, quite successfully. Um, so we're really looking forward to what the future has this week and this fall and certainly in the years to come. It's an enormous, enormous strength that we come together. The RM brand, the Sotheby's brand, the global reach. Man, I have some fabulous clients, and they're in New Zealand, in Australia, in New York City, Canada. I have an amazing fellow that he loves British cars, too, in Puerto Rico, uh, some in Venezuela. It's, it's an amazing thing. It's really the people that are the best part of it, though. That's really, really cool. And being an outsider looking in and seeing the way that the company pivoted after COVID broke out has really been 
unbelievable to watch, even going forward with events such as the driving into summer, which we're experiencing right now. So it'll be really interesting to see the results over the next week or so. Uh, you mentioned the future. So what recent trends have you seen in the collector car market that you can share with our listeners? I know COVID is maybe changing things a little bit or maybe not. Greg, I think it's one of those situations, and I think a lot of people, a lot of businesses certainly in these times would tell you, We've been meaning to pivot. We've been meaning. We've always had the best of intentions to take advantage of the online environment. Well, it might have just been forced on us a little bit sooner maybe than we expected. And I think this is the nation and the globe. And you think about how people are interacting and doing business over conference calls and video conference calls. Frankly, how individuals are taking advantage of the opportunities offered to them right in their own neighborhood as well. Uh, it has both brought us together and expanded our reach at the same time. RM Sotheby's, quite frankly, has been able to do that same thing. They've expanded our reach by Greg with these online sales and unprecedented activity, level of activity from our global audience. And that is truly something that only the RM Sotheby's team can bring to the degree that we do. Bids will be coming in, did come in on our Palm Beach sale, essentially from just about every continent in every country in the world that has a collector car community. And that's part of that faith and trust that they have in the brand. And yet it's very local as well. I, as a specialist, have been out and uh, inspecting and looking at cars that are here in my area that weren't even consigned by me, but maybe by one of my specialist colleagues on the West Coast who had a car that's an hour away. And we work together as a team to make sure that when those cars get into our auction, they're really, quite frankly, the best examples out there. The thing that I want to encourage every one of your listeners and all of us to do is, quite frankly, hop on the website. I, I've always said this about car auctions, uh, and quite frankly, I think it applies perfectly here, that an automotive auction, a world-class automotive auction, like RM Stuff the Beast conducts, is the best car show on the planet Earth. And I say that because it's an incredibly eclectic collection of a little bit of everything. The theme is just great cars. But the best part is, Greg, unlike a lot of concours or car shows we go to, every single one of them could be yours. <laughs> I think that's a fabulous <laughs> that's right. combination. So <laughs> spend some time on the website. There's just a – don't forget, great automobilia, some incredible neon and fun stuff to not only put on your garage floor, but to put up on your garage wall. Yeah, that's really, really great. Well, I'd like to end this conversation by playing a little game I did give you a heads up on called Keep Cash and Crush – so I'm going to give you three cars, again, three cars, uh, but this time you have to pick one to keep forever, one to cash in, and one to crush. And since I know a little bit about your taste, I did not pick three Volvos. I will say that up front. <laughs> you can't crush them, Greg. <laughs> oh, well, we'll see. This is going to be difficult. Okay, so your first car is a 1957 Volvo, so I did pick one, Volvo Sport P1900. Now, this is a rare car I was not familiar with. It's a two-seater convertible. Only 67 of them were built with an inline four-cylinder and a three-speed manual. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with this car? I actually, I've never been in one. I've never driven one, but I have. I am familiar with them, yes. Bit of a rare bird. That's a convertible, because I know you're tall. Mm -hmm. uh, the second one is a Daimler SP250. Now, this is a special Daimler. This is a little different. It's uh, They made 26 to 30 versions that were british police don't cars. say police cars greg those are the best examples oh of that good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 
They were used to catch cafe racers, apparently, back in the day. So two convertibles, a Volvo and a British car. And now the third one, I did not realize you were a shooting brake fan, so this is kismic. The 1958 356 sedan delivery that was at the Taj Mahal garage sale. So 356 sedan delivery, 1958. So those are your three cars. The 57 Volvo Sport P1900, the Daimler SP250, and the 1958 Porsche 356 sedan delivery. Cruel. Cruel. I will tell you that sedan delivery was in that amazing Taj Mahal collection. That was my absolute favorite car in that collection. I was outspoken about that. Oh, my. All right. Let's do this. Let's... (laughs) <laughs> Let's crush the Volvo. Oh, that just hurts to say it. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> because I think I've checked that box more than a few times. And The rare 67 built Volvo two-seater convertible, you're going to crush. I am. I am. I am okay. going to, because I know what it's sold for, <laughs> I'm going to cash in that sedan delivery uh, Porsche 356, my favorite car in that auction. And what's that saying, Greg? Uh, you know, you'll never forget your first kiss. For me, British cars, unreliable, uncomfortable, and just as quirky as they can be. They are truly my first love, and you always go back to that. So I think I'm going to get in that SP250, that police version, truly desirable automobile, if you're a Dart fan. Uh, that is a catfish. Never owned one. Really want to. So I'm going to keep that one, Greg. I'm going to put the top down, and I'm going to have a fantastic time this summer as I drive into summer. Well, thank you for your time today. For our listeners, please jump on Arms South of Beast to check it out. Like Ramsey said, it's a virtual car show happening right now, and you can take any of them home and put them into your own garage. So if you would, Ramsey, just go over the uh, contact information again. Excellent. Greg, www.rmsothebees. That's sometimes it's a little tricky to spell. R-M-S-O-T-H-E-B-Y-S dot com. And hit go. And you'll see at the very top of the web page, driving into summer. Oh, man, you better set aside a little time. Just look at all of these amazing opportunities. And don't forget to reach out and ask about any car in which you have some interest. That's really important to know, that once you're on that website, there's so much more information at your fingertips and on the other end of your phone. Awesome, Ramsey. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Greg. Great work. Happy motoring, my friend. Thanks for listening to the Collector Car Podcast. Don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes, and be sure to follow us on Instagram and everywhere else at the Collector Car Podcast.